Good morning. Welcome to First Presbyterian Church of St. Albans. I would like to offer that warm welcome to you. If uh, I would like to welcome our um, David Stern today as our as our um, guest organist pianist this morning. And of course, if you don't know who I am, I am Adam Greathouse. I'm an authorized lay preacher with the Presbytery of West Virginia. I'm filling in for Mark today. Um, I'd also like to welcome everyone at home. Um, if you're here in the pews, there are pew pads at the end of each pew. I encourage you to register your attendance this morning. Let us know you were here. There are also prayer cards in there as well if you want to send a prayer up during the offering. And then if you're at home, I encourage you to register your attendance with us this morning by marking in the chat or the comments that, uh, hello, good morning, and let us know that you're out there on Facebook. And resist the temptation this morning on Facebook, if you're at home all comfortable, to keep scrolling. Resist that church office for more information there. We also have, uh, and there's a really great, in, in the back of your bulletin here, there's the 2022 Nurturing Faith Ideas. It goes right along with our, our Old, Old Testament, or our Gospel lesson this morning and, um, and the sermon. So I encourage you to take a look at that um, for your weekly reflection and study. Um, also, Mr. Rogers Day, the neighboring Sunday, is March the 20th, and it looks like we have quite a nice day planned for Sunday, March the 20th. Looks like there will be cake and activities. There's going to be a mission task force there to help us love our neighbor on neighboring Sunday. So I encourage you to mark your calendar for that and come out. Those are the announcements I see for this morning. So let us worship God. Join me in the call to worship. You who live in the shelter of the Most High, who abide in the shadow of the Almighty, we will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the filer and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. Come, let us worship the triune God. Please stand if you are able and prepare to sing hymn number 451. And if you're singing, please wear your mask.
May the peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. So with you. Please join me in our call to confession. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love. According to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from iniquity, cleanse us from our sin, for we are well aware of our transgressions. Our sins are constantly in mind. Against you, you alone, we have sinned and done what is evil in your sight. God, create in us a clean heart. Renew a right spirit within us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation. Uphold us with a willing spirit. Lord, open our lips, and your mouth will declare your peace. Scripture declares the Lord is generous to all who calls on the God's name. Friends, believe the good news. God does not turn away from us, but desires to bring us into his glorious freedom offered in Jesus Christ. Everyone who calls on his name, the name of the Lord, will be saved. Thanks be to God. seated. Our Old Testament lesson comes from the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 26, verses 1 through 11. When you have come into the land that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance to possess, and you possess it and settle in it, you shall take some of the first of all the fruit of the ground which you harvest from the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And you shall put it in a basket and go to the place that the Lord your God will choose as a dwelling for his name. You shall go to the priest who is in office at that time and say to him, Today I declare to the Lord your God that I have come into the land that the Lord swore to our ancestors to give us. When the priest takes the basket from your hand and sets it down before the altar of the of the Lord your God, you shall make this response before the Lord your God. A wandering Aramean was my nation, mighty and populous. When the Egyptians treated us harshly and afflicted us by imposing hard labor on us, we cried to the Lord, the God of our ancestors. The Lord heard our voice and saw our affliction, our toil, and our oppression. The Lord brought us out of Egypt with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm, with a a terrifying display of power and with signs and wonders. And he brought us into the place and gave us this land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So now I bring the first of the fruit of the ground that you, O Lord, have given me. You shall set it down before the Lord your God and bow down before the Lord your God. Then you, together with the Levites and the aliens who reside among you, shall celebrate with all the bounty that the Lord your God has given to you and to your house. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
may be seated. This time is our time for the young disciples. I will invite all of our young disciples to come forward. Today we're going to take a little bit of a break from like our normal children's sermons and it's going to be a little different because what's coming, so does anybody know what season we're in right now, the church season we're in? Huh? Lent, yeah. We're getting close to summer, I can't wait. Whew. Anyway, we are entering the season of Lent in our church and that means coming up at the end of Lent we will have a special offering. In the Presbyterian Church, we have special offerings throughout the year, and we're coming up on the one great hour of sharing. So let me ask you a little something. Do you all know what are? Do you all know what these are? They're, they're puzzle pieces. Yep. What do we do with puzzle pieces? We got to put them together. Yeah. Do they go together just any old way? Do we just start? No. No. You got to see where each one fits. Yeah. You're good at puzzles? Yeah. And I think God created us to be good at puzzles for a reason, because everything we do in giving is a puzzle. So what happens when we put this puzzle together in the right places and we find little pictures? What ends up happening? We solve it and we kind of see the big picture, right? Each one is just a little, a little picture. Yeah, well... These puzzle pieces, the little pictures, are like us. Each one of these little puzzle pieces are just like us. We are a small picture of God's grace and love. And the only way the world will ever see the big picture of God's grace and love is if we find where each of our little puzzle pieces fit together in this puzzle. How do we do that? Yes. Yeah. How do you think we how do you think we as people put our puzzle pieces together to show the big picture? Have fun through giving. Do we give our we give to those who don't have as much to us? We love, we love our neighbor. And we as a community fit together to make one big picture of God. And that's kind of what One Great Hour Sharing is all about because there's three different special, there's three different special pieces that our money that we're going to collect. So these are little banks that I'm going to give you all. The money that we collect on One Great Hour of Sharing goes towards helping three great um, parts of the Presbyterian Church. One is the Presbyterian Disaster Relief. And that is where folks have been hit by a major disaster like a hurricane or even even a tornado or war. And they've they've been just completely leveled or an earthquake. Very. Yeah. Yeah. And so we give money to that to help folks in need. There's also hunger relief built into that. You all know that there are people out there that really don't even have the daily food that they need. And so that's another way that we help find those puzzle pieces to fit together um, to make the one big picture of love. So I'm going to give each one of you, so these you can color, and then you can, once you color them, it's easier to color them when they're flat like this on both sides. You can use markers or whatever you got. That It's kind of like, and then you have to put it together like a puzzle. We got one, everybody got one? So you build, you color and build that. And then I'm also going to give you one of these. This is a calendar for Lent. And what you do is once you've, once you have made your fish, and I believe her name is Gracie, once you make Gracie beautiful and you build her up, each day you take a look at this calendar and follow this map and you find a prayer or some words of scripture to, to meditate on. And when you finish that, you do it at the same time each day. Take a few pennies, a few dollars, whatever you have each day and start filling up Gracie until she's full. And then towards the end of Lent, on one great hour of sharing Sunday, we will bring Gracie back, all of our beautiful Gracies, and set them up here and start putting our puzzle pieces together to show God's love. Can you all do that? So take one of these. 
Pick one of these, pass it around, take one down. Here we go, here we go. So these will help you, these will help you stay grounded in that working with Gracie. So can we pray? Let's pray. Dear God, we ask you today to help open our eyes to the puzzle that is before us. Remind us that we are single pieces in your big picture. Let us love our neighbor and show the world your love. Amen. Thank you. All right. So our gospel lesson this morning is the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ as told by St. Luke. It's in chapter 4 of Luke, and it's the very beginning, the temptation of Jesus. Listen now for the word of God. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where... For forty days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing at all during those days, and when they were over, he was famished. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command this stone to become a loaf of bread. Jesus answered him, It is written, One does not live by bread alone. Then the devil led him up and showed him in an instant all the kingdoms of the world. And the devil said to him, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. Jesus answered him again, It is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil took him to Jerusalem and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down from here, for it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to protect you, and on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus answered him, It is said, do not put the Lord your God to the test. When the devil had finished every test, he departed from him until an opportune time. Let us pray. Bring your words near to us, O God. May it rest not only on our lips, but also reside in our hearts. By the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to respond to your word with our whole lives until you become our dwelling place. Through Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So welcome to the first Sunday in Lent. As of this past Wednesday, we have officially begun our walk with Christ to the cross. Of course, the season of Lent is a time of prayer, fasting, and self-examination and preparation for the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord at Easter. Today's gospel lesson from St. Luke is about a battle of epic proportions. Today's gospel lesson sets the tone and reminds us of the importance of our Lenten time of prayer, fasting, and self-reflection. Now, before I go too far... I'm going to address the elephant that might be in the room for some of us. Some, my wife being one, when it comes to the devil, is firm in that we do not talk about Bruno. Regardless of whether you talk about Bruno or not, the fact remains. The devil is ever-present throughout the Bible, but it's not as important that we understand who the devil is. I think it's more important for us to understand what it is. Now, I'm not going to stand up here today and preach to you that the devil is at every turn and on over your shoulder at every moment, 
But what we do need to understand is that what, what, that what is being the opposite of God in every way, shape, or form, or fashion. We see in today's lesson that everything God has said will be countered by the devil with the exact opposite. We must understand that anything that does not come from God leads us away from God. And for this lesson, that which leads us away from God happens to be named the devil. Today's recount of the temptation of Jesus bears a striking resemblance to the testing of the Israelites as they wandered through the wilderness for 40 years in Deuteronomy chapter 6 through 8. There are lots of similarities, and if you go back and take a look at Deuteronomy in your own time and study this Lenten season on the Israelites, there are a lot of very striking similarities. But the, dis the difference is where the Israelites failed to give obedience to God, Jesus succeeded. But to find another striking, a strikingly similar story, we must go back to the very beginning where it all started with the first man, Adam. In Genesis chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and I'm going to read this from the message because it's kind of like a story, and I'm going to open you with a little story here from Genesis. The serpent was clever, more clever than any wild animal God had made. He spoke to the woman, Do I understand that God told you not to eat from any tree in the garden? Now, the serpent is being very sneaky here. He knows full good and well that God did not say you can't eat from any trees in the garden. He poses this question to enter doubt into the woman's mind. Doubt that if there is one tree she can't eat from, can she truly be free? So the woman said to the serpent, Not at all, Mr. Serpent. We can eat from all the trees in the garden. It's only about that one tree in the middle of the garden. It's only about that one tree. We're not to eat from it. God said, don't even touch it or you'll die. And here it goes, the exact opposite. The serpent told the woman, you won't die. God knows that the moment you eat from that tree, you will see what's really going on here. You'll be just like God, knowing everything, ranging for all the way from good to evil. So when the woman saw that and she heard those words, that doubt, that temptation was placed in her mind, she looked at that tree in the center of the garden and she said, Oh, how beautiful it is. How delicious that fruit looks on that tree. It looked right for the picking, and she realized, if I could know everything by eating that fruit, I could get away with it. So she took, and she ate the fruit. She gave it to her husband, and he ate the fruit. Now we can continue reading that story. It's a, it's a riveting story, but you all know how that ended up happening. God came through the garden and, of course, he knew all along that what had happened, and that set the tone for the rest of humankind. Just like the Israelites, Adam and Eve failed to obey God. They failed, they failed to live by God's Word. They were tempted by the opposite of what God said, which we now know, of course, changed the course of human history for all of eternity. So now Paul, uh, the Apostle Paul um, in Corinthians, he refers to Jesus as being the second Adam. So that was kind of my jumping off point here of, of comparing these two stories. Um, Adam and Eve being the, Adam being the first Adam and, and Jesus being the second Adam. So now we're back to Luke and in chapter 4 verses 1 through 2 at the beginning of our story this morning we find Jesus full of the Holy Spirit and led by that same Holy Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he ate nothing and found himself under constant attack. In the first attempt, the devil coaxed Jesus to feed himself. I mean, after all, he was starving, right? 
can you only imagine, no one here, I, I would imagine, has ever gone 40 days without food. And do we really know what 40 days was in the Bible? But if anything, it meant a long time. Um, I would say that none of us probably know what it means to go 40 days or really truly be starving. But he must have been truly starving and being tempted to a taste of bread. But after stuttering, studying this text, when the devil says, if you are the Son of God, I was thinking maybe he was calling into question, are you really the Son of God? But I don't think that so much now. I don't think he was calling that into question. I think it was more so whether Jesus trusted God to supply his needs is what he was calling into question here. In a moment of pure weakness, the devil tries to convince Jesus to do the opposite of God's will, to use his power to satisfy his own human desire for food in that moment of complete weakness. But Jesus refuses and answers by quoting Scripture, One does not live by bread alone. So in other words, I live by God, and I trust God will supply my every need. So that obviously didn't work. But he didn't give up, the devil didn't give up there, so now Jesus is led up high and shown all the kingdoms of the world. It's either that world, the, the kingdoms of the world, or even the word for world is also translated into the cosmos. So he showed him all the kingdoms that were ever created. And the devil says, I'll make you a ruler of all this. You'll have authority over every nation if you just bend one knee to me. Just a little knee. So here again, the devil is appealing to Jesus' human desire, this time um, offering him political power. And given the socio-political superstorm that Jesus is about to walk into, I would say that that would surely come in handy. But again, enticing the opposite of what God's holy word is. But Jesus steadfast in his allegiance to God, again quotes Scripture, Worship the Lord your God and serve only Him. Again, paraphrasing, Dude, don't bring your golden calf talk around here. My God, my Father, has supreme power over the entire cosmos. So in that final temptation, in that final moment, we find Jesus taken to the center of it all the temple in Jerusalem. This is the place where Luke's gospel starts, and this is the place where Luke's gospel ends. Disgusted, I'm sure, at this point of Jesus' unwavering faithfulness and constant quoting of Scripture, the devil changes tactics and quotes some Scripture of his own in an effort to trip up Jesus. The Bible says, Your God will protect you. He will send His angels to save you from falling. So jump and prove it. This was an outright blasphemous use of Scripture, and again, the opposite of God's Word. We often see that the devil knows the Scripture very, very well. He knows it better than any of us here today, any of us probably ever. But the thing the devil does not have is the Holy Spirit, and the, through the Holy Spirit, that is the only way to interpret Scripture. And so he uses it in the way that he knows how to turn us against Scripture. But Jesus knew that, and he answered with one last Scripture. Do not put the Lord your God to the test. So this was an epic battle, an epic battle in a war that has been raging since the very beginning of time. And I'm here to tell you that war... That very same war continues today. Temptation comes in many forms, and our justification for succumbing to these temptations are ex exponentially greater. And again, I'm not going to stand here today and teach, try to teach you about all the temptations that exist in your life. I am going to allow the Scripture to speak for itself in this time of Lent for you to reflect on how temptation exists within your life. And at the end of the day, the hard fact is we are more like the first Adam, catering to the flesh and failing the spirit.
But the good news in that is Jesus lived his life by every single word that came out of God's mouth. Jesus was faithful to the point of success, which ultimately leads us to our forgiveness and the fact that we fall to temptation just like the first Adam. Today's gospel lesson shows us Jesus, Jesus making a choice, and His choice revealed who He tr truly was, is and always will be, the Son of God. The opposite of God would have been to grant Himself wealth, political, and religious power. It sure would have made things a lot easier for Him. But by refusing His human power, He made Himself weak to this human power. Thus, we continue our steady march towards the cross this Lenten season. You see... Jesus' victory in this battle, His willingness to be vulnerable to this human world, is just a sweet foretaste of God's love for us. It's right here at the beginning of Lent, and you know God's true love will be fully revealed to us at the conclusion of this Lenten journey. Brothers and sisters, we are called to be followers of Christ. This Lenten season, let us reflect on this epic battle, examining what it means to live our lives by the Word of God. Remember, temptation is everywhere. Use this lesson to self-examine the choices we make, ensuring that we are of God's will, not of our own human desire. And repent. Seek forgiveness for those times we fail. And by the love and grace of God and our Lord Jesus Christ, forgiveness will be granted. Let us pray. God Most High, thank You for signs of Your power and grace shown to us in the wilderness. Open our eyes to see the temptation in our lives and lend us wisdom to recognize the things that lead us away from You. Give us courage to stand firm in Your Word in every time and trial of testing that we may enter the land of Your freedom and receive the salvation You so graciously give. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Let us continue worship this morning by standing and reaffirming what it is that we believe. We believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of the Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made who for us and our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit of the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and on the third day He rose again, according to the Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and sits on the right hand of the Father, and He shall come again with glory to judge the quick and the dead whose kingdom shall have no end. And we believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who is with the Father and the Son, together is worshipped and glorified, who speaks by the prophets. We believe one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and we look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. We will continue this morning our worship um, by bringing God our gifts. You may be seated.
Let us pray. Gracious and generous God, we are amazed by the good gifts you bestow in abundance. Thank you for the food that sustains us on our journey. Thank you for the company of saints to whom we are joined. Thank you for giving us your work to do on earth. We offer back to you a portion of all that we have received, setting down our baskets in celebration of your great gift, Jesus Christ, in, whom, in whose name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. And we will continue worship this morning with the Lord's Sacrament. So join me in our prayer of great thanksgiving. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and good and joyful thing, always and everywhere to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Therefore we praise you, joining our voices with the angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, who forever sing the hymns to proclaim the glory of your name. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy and gracious Father, in your infinite love you made us for yourself, and we have fallen into sin and become subjects to evil and death. You, in your mercy, sent Jesus Christ your only and eternal Son, to share our human nature, to live and die as one of us, to reconcile us to you, the God and Father of all. He stretched out His arms upon the cross and offered Himself in obedience to your will, a perfect sacrifice for the world. And on the night He was handed over to suffering and death, our Lord Jesus Christ took the bread, and when He had given thanks to it, He broke it and gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After supper he took the cup, and, the, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this. All of you. This is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you, and for, the, for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do it in remembrance of me. Therefore we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. We celebrate the memorial of our redemption, our Father, in the sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, recalling His death, resurrection, and ascension, we offer you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be your people, the body and blood of your Son, the holy food and drink of new and unending life in Him. Sanctify us also that we may be faithfully receive the holy sacrament and serve you in unity, constancy and peace, and that last day being us, bring us with you and all your saints into joy of your eternal kingdom. All this we ask through your Son, Jesus Christ, by Him, and with Him, and in Him. In the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is Yours. Almighty Father, now and forever, forever, amen. And now, as our Savior taught us, we are told to praise this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. The servers. The gifts of God for the people of God.
Pray with me our prayer. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless God's holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all God's benefits. God of abundance, with the bread of life and cup of salvation, you have united us with Christ, making us one with all your people. Now send us forth in power of your Holy Spirit that we may proclaim your redeeming love to the world and continue forever in the risen life of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. We will continue now in prayer. Let's see here. I didn't get any prayer requests come up, but there are I know unspoken prayer requests this morning. We um, should be ever mindful of the situation in Europe, the Ukrainian crisis right now, amongst many other crises that are going on. I don't think that we could stand here this morning and name them all. Again, there are unspoken prayer requests before you, behind you, all around you. Keep those in mind. Um, a prayer request came in um, this morning for uh, Mary Jo Schwartz, who's going to have to have surgery in the coming weeks. So keep her in mind um, in your prayers. Um, and then, of course, you have prayer concerns filling a whole page here within um, your bulletin. So keeping all of those prayers in mind, let us return to God in prayer. Almighty God, we pray for all who live in places of threat and danger. We trust in you. For you are able to make peace in the midst of warfare and turn rough places into level ground. Teach us to prepare a table where enemies may feast instead of fight. We pray for those who do not have enough, enough to eat, enough to wear, or even enough justice. We trust in you for you fill the empty with good things and lift up the lowly. Help us to share the abundance we enjoy and to work for the freedom and dignity of all your children. We pray for all who are chronically homeless, wandering our streets and sleeping unprotected, and for those who are homeless for a season because of natural disasters or even economic trouble. We trust in you, for you give even to the sparrow a nest where she may lay her young. Make us more determined to assist those who need a place to live. We pray for those who suffer in body, mind, or heart. We trust in you, for you are able to heal and make the whole in life and the next Make us tender caregivers that your healing power may be at work in you, in us, and through us. We pray for the church, dividing and uniting, wavering and witnessing. We again trust in you, for you're called the church into being, and we have made us and have made us your body in and for the world. Keep your church from being both uncertain and too certain. Help us to joyfully trust that the Scripture is leading us into new opportunities of faith and service. And in this moment of this silence, God, hear our prayers for ourselves and our neighbors. O God, you are our refuge and our fortress, our shelter and our shade. We pray these things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, who is generous to all who call upon him. Amen. Let us stand and prepare to sing hymn number 175, Seek Ye First.
funny how temptation, sometimes we, we find ourselves when we're tempted, we don't recognize the temptation, but it's easier to recognize ourselves justifying making this decision we're going to make. Well, I'm not going to make it to church this morning. I just, I've got so much to do at home and we justify staying at home. And I'm not, I, listen, I, I'm guilty of the same. But I just think it's funny how we, 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 that justification in our mind tends to be, I don't know, I, whether you believe in the devil, you want to talk about Bruno or not. I remember those old cartoons where the devil and the angel sitting on your shoulder. And it's that, it's that constant battle of justification, justifying to do one thing when the right thing is in the other. Jesus was pure in the fact that he never even tried to justify it. He went straight to Scripture. And when Scripture was set against him, he used a more powerful Scripture. Jesus lived by every word that comes out of God's mouth. Let us remember that this Lenten season. How do we live by every word that comes out of God's mouth? It's not easy. And also let us remember that Jesus Himself, the one we are called to follow, was defined by the choices He made. So remember the choices you make reveal who you really are, children of God. The Lenten days will take us to the cross of Christ. Go forward, knowing that you do not go on this way alone, nor do we have to be afraid. For the Word of God strengthens us, and the Holy Spirit sustain us. So may the God of the Exodus lead us into freedom. May the Holy Spirit bind us to God's will, and may Christ, God's only Son, show us the way of true peace and justice. Happy Sunday. Thank you.